Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This episode of Earn Your Leisure is brought to you by First Republic Bank. The world is changing and your needs are evolving as your focus turns to what matters most to you and your community. First Republic remains committed to offering personalized financial solutions that fit your daily needs. From day one, you'll be connected with a dedicated banker who will serve as your primary point of contact throughout your relationship with the bank. They'll be there to listen to you, understand your values, and meet you on your financial journey. Your banker can offer solutions that support your goals at any stage, from setting up a personal checking account, to refinancing household debt, to buying a first home. As your needs evolve, you can call or email your banker at any time for support you need, because First Republic believes that what matters to you matters most. Learn more at firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. First and foremost, thank you. Thank you guys for your support. Truly humbling. Um, something that we don't take for granted. Thanks for hanging out with us yesterday, today, tonight. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a glorious day. So yes, this is our very first live podcast. So to be able to do our first live podcast at Capital One in a major way. Uh, on the floor. 
It's, it's, it's a tremendous uh, accomplishment, and it wouldn't be possible without the support of you guys. We have spent no money on advertising. Zero. All of all of our growth has been organic, um, word of mouth, social media, just people telling a friend to tell a friend. So um, thank you, first and foremost, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Everybody that is sitting in here is the reason we're here, and a lot of y'all sat in the green room, which is really my dining room. I told, I told Ash, I said, yo, we went from the dining room to the league, bro. <laughs> we really made it to the league, which is crazy, man, because we ain't have to shoot a hoop. Although, if y'all was here early, y'all saw I made a few. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, first we want to acknowledge um, a few people, but we have to acknowledge the most important person. Well, yeah. But all due respect, listen to the podcast, you know, we always quote Jay all the time. <laughs> so we have to open this up with a J quote, the most important person with all due respect. I got Sharani, where, is he here? Sharani, where you at, baby? Sharani, Shout out sure. to Sharani Hydera from, from Live Nation. The good folks of Live Nation, shout out to y'all. We appreciate you, for sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if y'all get a chance, make sure y'all check out Capital Events Group, uh, at Capital Events Group on Instagram. Uh, they are major players as well, so shout out to them, man. For sure. So. Next, we have to acknowledge our EYL alumni in the building. So we, we, we call um, our previous guests alumni because you know we have the EYL University. So it's a whole, it's a whole vibe that we're going with. So uh, MG the Mortgage Guy. What up, Matt? For sure, for sure. Hold on, we started with Matt, but we could have started with our first alumni, Miss Business. What's up? What's up? Sure, sure. My guy, Ash Cash, in the yeah. building. Yeah, buddy. The legend, Derek Falcon, in the building. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to keep it in a few more times. My sister, my sister's here, the soon-to-be doctor, Valencia Clay. What up? What up? For sure. GB, what up? The king of wholesaling himself, Max Maxwell. The legend. The legend. Hey. The man, the myth. Boom, boom, boom. Sure. Yeah, right, and right in front of us would be the purpose lawyer, our attorney. What up, Sabine? Yes. Also, I want to acknowledge Andre Hatch. I think he's here as well. He, we, EYL University, that's our new thing. Yeah, he kicked it off. Yeah, he kicked it off. He was the first professor that we had for EYL University for the class for us. So, thank you. We appreciate you, bro. Yeah, um, nobody else that I left out, right? No, I don't I think so. Do you hear All right, all right. All right, so yeah, so we're going to um, get it going. We're going to have three. So how we, when we decided to do this, we had a couple different ideas, but we like, you know what, we might as well, everybody here obviously is a loyal supporter of the podcast. Shout out to all the earners in here. So I'm assuming that everybody here has listened to hopefully every episode, or at the very least, most episodes. So everybody kind of has like a favorite episode or somebody that they really like. And, you know, so we said, okay, since we're going to be in DC and a lot of our alumni are coming through, why don't we, instead of bringing somebody new that we haven't had on, right. for the first time, because we haven't repeated guests yet, for the first time, why don't we have a reunion? Yeah, session, of In a sense, and, and bring some, um, some of the previous alumni on to speak. So we have three alumni for you guys, and um, we're gonna have a conversation with them, and then we're gonna open up the question and answers yeah. for a uh, couple minutes, and then, um, yeah, we're gonna do it like that. We're gonna rock out. We're gonna talk about this EYL effect. This, it started out as a thing, and now it's turned into a, a full-blown campaign, man. Shout out to everybody. And where's Ken at? Ken, where you at, man? Where's Ken at from Detroit? Ken, what up? So Ken, actually, that's my man from Detroit. He hit us, he was like, yo, y'all need a name for the people who are supporters, and he was like, yo, I got one for y'all. So shout out to Ken. The earners came from Ken. So every time we shout out, my man Ken 
Yeah, so without without further ado, we're gonna bring our first guest up, Ash Cash. Ash Cash, if you haven't listened to his episode, episode twenty six, a tremendous disservice. One of Ash Cash is 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 ill, man, because we, we a lot of a lot of guests come on EYL and they provide a lot of information, but we always say it's not just about receiving the information; it's about actually actually using the information. So when Ash came on, he he talked about a couple different topics. But when he spoke about books, he talked about how to self-publish a book. He gave the whole entire blueprint, and it was so crazy because... We had to have a meeting after. Yeah, like we had a, <laughs> me and Troy had a meeting afterwards, and we started writing our book literally like off of everything he said. Like, we listened to 15 minutes of what he said, yeah. and like, kept rewinding it. Like, okay, we gotta do this. Hold, pause it, hold on. We gotta do that. And like, literally, we took everything he told us, and that's what we're currently doing right now. So. Ash Cash is, is, is dope, man. If you haven't heard his story, he was the youngest CEO for a credit union yep. in the United States of America, right? Yeah. Woo! When he was 31 years old. We gotta tell him where he's from, though, first, bro. Yeah. Harlem. That's why I put the hat, baby. I'm from, I'm from uh, Harlem, NYC. St. Nicholas Projects. Exactly. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm, clear. I, I'm not from Parsippany, New Jersey. I don't know about no Parsippany, but no disrespect. But I'm from Harlem. I'm from 129th Street, home of the hustlers. <laughs> to be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I gave, I gave him, I gave him my mic, but he doesn't need to need a mic. Nah, that's a fact. That's, a fact. <laughs> that's, that's really a fact. That was, that's just a fact. That we had, when we finished recording, I was like, yo, um, how, how do we turn down? Because yeah, yeah. we was still editing. I'm like. Uh, I got to turn his voice down so you can actually hear us, man. That's a legend, though. check. It's crazy because a lot of times people come on and they talk low. So we always have to do sound checks, and it's like, you know, can you raise your voice a little higher? So when he came on, we did the sound check, and he, he blew the speakers out. So like, you, see, you see the volume levels, and it was yeah. it was like red. You're like, you're the first guest. We like, you might just have to talk a little, yeah, bit, a little bit. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents, my, after my parents was like, yo, who was that upstairs? I'm like, oh, wait, about it. Good guy, good guy. Yeah, yeah. So he was the youngest credit CEO of the credit union. Uh, Queensbridge Project, yeah, right? Yep, yep. Um, in the country, and he did that. And when he worked on the inside of the bank, he was telling us it was really dope. But it was like he got to see firsthand a lot of stuff that we speak about. Most people, especially in our community, they're never going to be privy to see, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But being a CEO of a of a financial institution, he got to see like how wealthy people work, and like when you go to conferences and stuff like that, work with your colleagues, and you saw like they have teams of people at banks and. So many different stuff that it kind of opens your eyes and you realize that in order to really, really do a service, you really had to educate people. Absolutely. Yeah. You guys teaching the language. Yeah, right? yeah. So he became yeah. an entrepreneur. Yeah. He's wrote like like eight. eleven books. Eight. 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 Eleven books, but eight with my name on them. Because I ghostwrite two. Woo. My pen, my pen, my pen. Getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, I, so I got eight eight books in total. Uh four of them have been bestsellers. Um don't let I that sell, go over your head. I sell I sell a lot of books. I, I make as an independent uh, you know, self-published author, I, I make at least four figures a month of books. Passive. Dope. Dope. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Hustle Nomics was the, the last one. Yeah, Hustle Nomics was the last one. You know, yeah. you know, rest in peace. Nipsey Hustle, I got my Nipsey Blue on today. Absolutely. Um, and Hustle Nomics is actually a book that I did for free. So, like, if you go to hustlenomics.com, you can actually just download it. No reason I shouldn't have it. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. push. So, I wanted to talk about, because we're going to talk about some mindset stuff. Yes. Um, but first, I wanted to talk about the book industry because I don't fully think that people value information enough yeah and especially when it comes to books right because yeah. it's like a lot of times 
it's, it's so cheap. Like $15 can change your life. Right, right. Right, if you think about it, like it can fully educate you. So yeah. I, want, I really want you to talk about the power of being an author and the freedom, the freedom that the freedom it gives you. Yeah, like yeah. The freedom that it gives you to, to give your message out to the world. Nah, for sure. I think what people don't realize is that even if you have a million dollars worth of information, if you charge a million dollars, you're gonna miss the people that actually need the information, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so what, what, you, what a book does for me and for everybody else, it's a low entry point to show people all of your knowledge, right? Um, and, and it's something to build your legacy. Like a lot of times we talk about wealth, we talk about our legacy as it being how much money you have, what you're passing down, but your knowledge is is wealth in itself, right? And so I think a book is something that's gonna live forever. Like I, like I said this on my Instagram the other day, I read Think and Grow Rich every single year. Every year, I read that book every year. Yo, Napoleon Hill has been dead for God knows how long. The book came out in the, in the late 20s or 30s, 1920s, 1930s, and I still read it, it's still applicable, and so it's, it's one, you know, books are one of those things that can make your message go viral, it can make your message, you know, spread wide. Like, I meet people who read my book don't even know it's me, right? Because at the end of the day, if you if you have knowledge and you, you package it in a way that people need, people will find that information, but what, what it does is it opens up their mind, and the book is just the entry rate. Now, once you have the book, if you connect with the person, you're gonna want to hire them to speak, you're gonna want to hire them to consult, you're gonna want to hire them to do whatever they do, and so for me, I think everybody, if you're an entrepreneur, if you, whatever, if you got breath in your body, you should be writing a book, because people need to know your story, you didn't go through your story just to hold on to that story, you have that knowledge, and you don't gotta be famous either, like it's not about fame, and that's a lot of times, like I, I speak to people, they're like, yo, I can't wait, oh, I'm gonna wait until I get to XYZ level to write my book, nah, like, you got knowledge today that you, that people can actually benefit from, that you need to give that back, like you, you, you went through your adversity because you needed to help somebody, right? Like you need to be that credible messenger. Like I, the reason why, yeah. right? We put the mic down. That's why you don't need the mic down. <laughs> the reason why I start off my story every day that I am from Harlem and I am from St. Nicholas Project because there are a million, and I've never sold dope. There's a million people out there with my similar story who only see entertainers, who only see rappers, who only see certain, you know, different types of people and believe that's the only route to be successful. I was a VP at the largest financial institution in the world at 24 years old. They told me I was going to be dead by 25. They said, I'll be dead or in jail by 25, but instead, I was a VP at one of the largest financial institutions in the world. And people need to hear that. And so my story can't, you know, like, 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 like sim similar to why I felt obligated to write Hustlenomics, right? Because everybody's gonna remember Nipsey Hustle for his music and what he's done, but he's done way more than that. Right. And his legacy on business, on ownership, on how to, to actually, like, when he talks about an ecosystem and you need an ecosystem, like how you build products around what you're doing, like, people need to understand, what is an ecosystem? They need to understand that. And his legacy can't die with him. Yeah. And how, how do you get that, that message out to the masses, right about Yeah, you got people question whether he's legendary, but they're only thinking about the music, yeah, right? Sure, and his impact sure. is way bigger than the music. One of the things you talked about when you were making the book is the process. Yes. A lot of times, when we, I, I, I talk to people a lot, and they're like, yo, I don't have time, I don't have time. But I'm like, do you have a phone? Right. And the process is really quick, man, because yeah. like, all you're doing is pressing record, Absolutely. right? Most people using their phone anyway, when you're stuck in traffic, yep. or if you're at your desk, you're putting chapters out there every single day. Every yeah. conversation is a chapter. Yeah. You wanna talk about that a little bit? Nah, and, and it's crazy, right? So, 
um, I think the biggest thing is what people need to realize is that your book could be written in a month. Like I, I put out, I put out books top, you know, you know, top to bottom in two months or less, and they're quality, right? So they're not BS books. But what you got to realize, I, I did this yesterday at a workshop, right? I asked somebody to tell me about their business and or, or, or take a pen and write about their business in 60 seconds. Could not do it, right? Then I said, Yo, tell me about your business. They did it in 13 seconds. So think about that. You write, you write down, you cannot write because from your head to your body to your fingers and all that, it's like you're gonna miss some of the thoughts. But as you're talking, the thoughts go fluidly from the brain to the mouth and out. And so that's what I say, do not write a book. Dictate it. Mm. I dictate the whole book. I will so 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 it starts with the outline though. That's the most important. Yeah. You can't just start the talk. What you need to do is whatever story you have, start with the end in mind. Say what is it that I want people to know about about this information or this topic that I'm doing. And now this is the end. I'm gonna start with the end in mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna work back backwards, right? I'm gonna take every you know each different uh, subject or topic. I'm gonna outline it, outline it, outline it. Take some bullet points around it, and then literally once you have the outline. Pretend like you're having a conversation and you're talking to somebody and you're telling them about, about that, that information and as you do that, like literally, 10 hours of like talking is, is a whole book, right? The hardest part of writing a book is done. In 10 hours. Pretty much. Now you go to Fiverr, you go to Upwork, you go to whoever, you find somebody. Did they cut you a check? Not yet. <laughs> Let's bleep that out, right? <laughs> they come me a check yet. But you go to you go to one of these services and you have them transcribe it for you and then the rest is history. Yeah, nah, and it, it actually that's what really encouraged us to write, because it's like me personally, I always like to write. Yeah. But I'm not writing a hundred pages. I write three paragraphs on Instagram. But if I could talk, it's like a podcast is like half a book, just right. in us talking. Right. So that's that's really dope. And the one thing I like about books also, people don't realize it like in business, Robert Kawasaki, right? So if, if everybody knows about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That book, I read that book when I was like 18, 17 years old. He's eating off of that book still. Yep. 25 years later, it's like new versions. Yep. He goes on tour, the Rich Dad for Kids edition. It's like Rich Dad in China. Right. Like it's like so many it's different smart. versions. Right. It's right. like he literally <laughs> talk about like having a system to duplicate yourself. Absolutely. He literally did one thing yep. and is gonna eat off of that for a hundred years. Yo. Big facts, right? So I wrote Mind Right, Money Right, 10 Laws of Financial Freedom in December 5th, 2009. I make money to this day, 10 years later, that was my first book. 10 years later, I still make money off of that book because what happens is, is, if you've never heard of Ash Cash before, you're gonna do your Googles, you're gonna be like, who is this guy that's always yelling? And then you're gonna look, right? And so you're gonna, you're gonna look and then what's probably gonna pop up first is Mind Right, Money Right. You're not gonna look at the date that it came out, you're gonna read what it's about, and you're gonna be like, oh, let me check this out first. You're gonna check it out, and, and then I'm gonna get a check cut. Right? right? And so and, and so I'm I'm a big believer in that, and honestly, that's that's been my biggest thing uh, around books, is that I'm a big believer in mailbox money, right? I, I don't believe, and, and we talked about mindset, right? I don't believe that, especially us as a people, that we understand the money game. The money game is not to work hard for money. It's not the money game. The money game is money needs to work hard for you. So change your relationship with money. If you're like me, who did not come from money, then yes, you're gonna have to grind, you're gonna have to grind to make the money, right? But once you make the money, don't make the don't allow that money to buy you the things. 
Money should not buy you things. Money should buy you income-producing assets. Those income-producing assets is what should be buying you the things, mm. right? And so I think that's what you know what books do for me, right? Because when when I was at a point where I was always working hard for money, I had to I had to hustle, career hustling. Like I, right, you know, I got a great resume. Let me see who could pay me six figures. Let me. Do, you know what I'm trying to say? But 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 now I don't have time freedom. And so now I say, you know what? I'm gonna use this money and I'm gonna buy real estate. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy a, a, a multi-family house, and I'm gonna rent that out. And then the money that I make from that is passive. So now I got a little bit of freedom. So now, when I needed a job to pay me six figures to match my lifestyle, now because I got rental income, I don't need. I don't need six figures no more. I'm not. I'm not fully financially free, but I need. I can take fifty thousand. All right, let me let me get this little job to take fifty thousand, forty thousand with less responsibility. So now I can focus on on my grind. And so now I write books. And so eight books later, I, I throw the middle finger up because <laughs> I don't need your job. Because between, between, between my, my, what I'm getting in rental income and my book income, everything I do, I choose. I don't, I don't work with no one that I don't like. And you got your most valuable asset, right? Most of my time. time. I do not work with nobody I don't like. I don't even care. Like, I get a lot of great opportunities, right? I don't care if it's on the surface, if it feels like it looks like it can help me. If I don't like you, if your vibe is off, I'm good. But because I got you know financial freedom and time freedom, I can make that decision. And from a mindset perspective, you actually get to the bag faster when you do that. Wow. Yeah. Right? Because when you feel good about what you're doing and you're not you you not doing it for money, you're doing it because you love it, yo, that in it, yo. <laughs> yo, that in talk to him. Yo, to him, man. yo, 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 it's, it's Sunday, baby. It's yeah, Sunday. Okay. Sorry. This is a real Sunday service. We about to have church. I'm sorry. I, I, told, I told you, Ash Cat is different, man. Ash Cat is I told you, man. <laughs> nah, but you know what? I love what he said because it's so true, too. It's like when, you, when you're under pressure, you always make bad decisions. You can't fully think straight, right? And pressure in life but financial pressure is the same like when you it feels different when you have money coming in and you don't have to do something Absolutely. it feels different like you feel better as a person it's Absolutely. like That's when great. you can say no because most of the time you can't say no Absolutely. financially it's like and now at that point you're more of a slave Absolutely. that you're not you don't really have the freedom to say i want to do this this doesn't align with my brand right and like i like what you said too is that a lot of times it's not just about being an entrepreneur, quitting your job, yeah. right? We talked about that on the podcast yeah, yeah, as well. Sure, sure. It's like, yeah, yeah. look, nah, yeah, don't you build the pyramid one brick at a time. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to just jump out the porch right away. You can keep your job, but work your side hustle. Absolutely. Buy one home, buy two homes, and then before you know it, now you have 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 a month coming in. Now it's like you, you're in a better position, right? A lot of times people feel like it's, it's about home runs. Right. Yeah. Now, and, and you know what it is though too, and I'm glad you said that because I feel like uh, social media especially has made like entrepreneurship sexy and people don't even understand what it takes. Like I, I literally, even to this day, I average three to four hours <laughs> of sleep though, right? And so entrepreneurship is not sexy. And so when you, even if you go from a psychological perspective, you know, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you have to worry about the basic necessities, the mind space that you have to actually even be an entrepreneur, the, you know, in, in, a, in a full capacity, is not even there. And so you have to make sure you take care of that, that 
that, that basic need first. So now if you're not worried about money, now you can actually really, really focus on your creativity, on deals that make sense, on business moves that make sense as an entrepreneur. And so stop looking at uh, social media and seeing these people who may look like they're, they're doing well or whatever the case may be. Like, I remember watching something where some dude who had two million followers was like, yo, I had two million followers and I was broke. Right, and so stop, stop equating fame and what you know about somebody with money. Like I know, literally, I know multi-millionaires who have one follower. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And so it has nothing to do with, with your follower count. It has everything to do with what makes sense for your particular situation. I don't watch anybody's stories. I don't look at, all right, this is this person's story and maybe if I did it that way, I do what feels good to me, what's true to me. And so I follow my path. I say, all right, this is my voice. This is my path. This is where I'm going. This makes sense for me financially or this doesn't make sense to me financially. So I think anybody out there who is thinking about that entrepreneurial journey, don't necessarily, you know, quit your job, especially if you're quitting your job and don't know your numbers too, right? And I think that's a, another thing, is that like how much money is it gonna take for you to live, right? How much money do you need a month? Like you need to know all those numbers and so if it does not make sense from a, right? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Right, and so if it doesn't make sense financially, then you, and you don't have a plan, then don't do it. You know yeah. what I'm that's one of the things. Like I've asked that to, to people. It's like, yo, how much is it gonna cost you to have your freedom? Right. right. Trapper said that to us. Right. So I just started asking people that. They couldn't answer me. Right. They like get back to me next week. I'm right. like, next week, how much is it gonna cost you to get your freedom? Yeah. Can't answer. Exactly. You. They haven't thought about it. Exactly. Because they're so busy doing this, and that's true. I'm a living testament to it. Right. Working in one environment, right, in the inner city schools in New York City, was like. I don't think I could have done a podcast, right. right? Because I was busy dealing with being a psychologist, a school counselor, all from being a phys ed teacher, right? As soon as I left that environment, I saw the creativity in wow. myself. Like right. I'm living testament to it. Wow. So now it's like, yo, I can be creative to think this, exactly. this, this, and now I can create multiple streams exactly. because my mind's free. Exactly. You know and, also, and also, you said, um, I like when you said on the podcast, like one stream is creating another stream for Absolutely. you because yeah. the books, the books give you visibility. Yeah, yeah. Right? And the visibility, now you get booked for a speaking engagement. I, absolutely, yeah, yeah. How, well, much, well, how much book well, can you tell well, 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 my man said from uh, 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 Welcome to the Party, he was like, and it's, it's Tim G's the good one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, so, so my, so my rate, so with, with big conferences, I get $10,000. For, for half an hour, though. Right? So I, I go on stage for half an hour, and I get 10 bands? From books, though, and, and, and that's what I'm trying to say. Right, like, like nobody's gonna give me ten thousand dollars if they never heard of me before, though. Yeah. Right, nobody's gonna be so, 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 it's, so the people who cut the ten thousand dollar check, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna do their Googles. They're gonna Google, Google and they're gonna, they're gonna Google your name. If you Google Ash Exances, that's my real name. If you Google Ash Cash, you see, and so you're like, all right, this dude is worth ten thousand dollars. And, and and truth be told, twenty twenty, that number's going up. When you're speaking, yeah. I know you got the table out, so oh, you're selling oh, the books too. Yo, I, so I did, I did a, uh, one of my biggest events uh, this year was at uh, in Atlanta uh, with T.D. Jakes, with Dr. Kimbrough, Black Enterprise, 1,500 people, you know what I mean, like killed it, right? Yo, it's the first time ever I sold out books. Wow. And I was so upset that I didn't bring enough books because normally I'm like, all right, in the, in the, you know, in the thousand dollar order, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like in the, in the, in the, in the 1,000 speaking engagement, the 3,000 speaking engagement, I'm, I might sell five to 10 books. I'm like, I'm not carrying all these books. I had 200 books and sold them out. And I was like, yo, 
right? The dude who had 500 books sold them out. So, and, and that's the other thing, right? Is that from a, a, a stage perspective, the bigger the stage, the y'all, I promise you, the higher you get, the easier the money comes. I promise you, right? And so, people who pay a thousand dollars to come into a, to a workshop is not going to sneeze at you know buying a ten dollar book. They're gonna, they're gonna buy, they're actually gonna buy three. And that's how I sold out, actually. They they were looking at the book, they're like, oh, my, my cousin, oh, my nephew, oh. And they'll buy three at a time, right? Great, great Christmas gift. You know what I'm saying? Great Christmas gift. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, like, like I, and, and, and that's the other thing about mindset, I want us, everybody, to start just thinking at a higher level, right? Because a lot of times, because what you see, like you might be looking straight, and because of, the, of what you see, that's only your possibility, right? And so you're like, yo, this is, no, this is it, I'm working on this. And you are in the how business, right? But how is none of your business, right? You're in the what business. You need to tell the universe, God, Allah, Buddha, whatever you believe in, tell them what you want, but then the how is none of your business, and that's what happened with me. Like at one point, I was like, yo, like I actually jumped from five grand to ten grand. I was like, yo, how I'm gonna go from five grand? I'm gonna double my fee, right? Like how I'm gonna do that? But then when I got rid of that, I was just like, nah. I started now. I put a reel together. I started looking. I started hyping myself up. I started looking at all the times I was on television. All the time I did this. I'm like, yo, bro, you you pretty dope, man. You probably, you know what I'm saying? Like you Everything need that ten grand. So I'm like, wait, hold on, I need that ten grand. Yeah, I'm gonna need that. And so I said. No, you know what? I'm not gonna worry about the how. I'm gonna just say, yo, this is what I want. I'm gonna put it out there and I'm gonna do the work though, right? So it's not just like, oh, I'm a wish, I want 10 grand and that's it. No, I'm gonna put it out there, but I'm also gonna do the work to make sure that the people who could who could give me 10 grand for speeches can see that my visibility is up there. And when I did that, the 10 grand was back there. And so I'm looking up here like, yo, where the 10 grand at? But it's right there, and it's actually right behind me. So if I'd have just did about face, I'd have seen it, you feel yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. that's the thing. I think that for us, we got to understand, too, from a mindset perspective, like get out of the how business. How is none of your business? Put the vision out there, right? Understand. So, so, so even from a budgeting perspective, when I tell people to budget, you should have two budgets. You should have a budget of what your life is right now, but you should also have a budget on how you want your life to be. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. so I know, I know both numbers. Boy. I know how much money I need to every month to manage my finances, but I also, you know what I'm saying, I want the GT Continental too. That's on the list. <laughs> I want the GT Continental, and I'm not I'm not shy about that. Like, no problem. No I want the G, and if you don't know the GT Continental, good. Google it. Good. Google it, right? But I want the GT too. And so I know what it's gonna cost, right? To, 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 get, to get to that desired outcome. Yep. And so every month, I'm looking at both. I'm saying, all right, how much, all right, cool. But what's this number? Because I, I don't wanna, I don't wanna only focus on this. I wanna focus on that. So I think that, and, and I'm not focused on the how, but now I'm pushing myself because uh, because human nature is actually only gonna uh, do what you're focusing on. So if you're only focusing on what you currently have, then you're probably gonna stay Where in that at? space. Yeah. But if you start to expand your mind and say, yo, you know what, I need 20 grand a month. I need 30 grand a month, or whatever the number is and you're focusing on that, you're gonna easily hit whatever that lower number is, but the goal is the higher number so you can live your best life. And you might even fall in between while you're working for exactly. it. Nah, exactly. Nah, you, everything you said just resonated with me, because um, me, me, me and Jamal was like, what up? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> we, we had that conversation yesterday, and I was telling them, we was telling each other, and I was telling them like, yo, this is the amount of money I need every month. Cause it's like, I have a son, I gotta make sure he's in private school moving forward, we gotta do this, that. And it's like a future goal. Right. It's like a future goal, but sure. I, we literally had that conversation. It was like, that's what I need. Right. 
way more than what I actually need to live right, right, right now, right. but I'm not planning for right now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm planning for like what I need. We always say that, right? Plan for the future because you're gonna be yeah. um, a lot younger than you're gonna be younger. And the, the thing, the thing is that also bars. I see you. I see what you. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing out here, man. Nah, I'm glad you said that too, because it's like you said, um, mindset. Absolutely, mindset is extremely important. And the thing with you earn your leisure every single week. We give like real life tips yeah. from professionals, sometimes just me and Troy, on like actionable items. Yes. Not just motivation, like actionable items. Yeah. But you can have all the information on, in the world. Yeah. If your That's mind isn't, isn't prepared for it, you gonna it, it's, it's not gonna mean anything. Yo, I, I, know, I know millionaires right now who aren't happy, who, who, who actually struggle worse than people who have less money. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. So if you got a terrible mindset at $50,000, you're not, I promise you, you're not gonna make a million dollars and be happy all of a sudden. Like, happiness comes before the money. Like, you have to be content with who you are because, in, in, in fact, money just amplifies who you are. That's all it is, right? And so if you broke, if you have a broke mindset at $30,000 and you now make a million dollars, you're gonna have a broke mindset there. And I know, I'm telling you, like, to this day, like, I got people that I could call right now who make millions of dollars, who live, who are slaves to that money. They're slaves to their lifestyle, they're slaves to their job, they're slaves to their, their business. I, that wasn't me, so I, I was a multi-millionaire before, before Chase knew it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Before, before, before Chase do it, before I can log in and be like, let's see it, right? You, 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 and that's the thing, you have to become that before. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you, 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 it's a My big account just don't match the, it. The bigger, the, bigger, the, the bigger account don't match it, right? And so if it doesn't match it, that don't mean you're not that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. if, if, if you're a multi-millionaire, you're a multi-millionaire. That's it. Period. Your money does not make you a multi-millionaire. It's your mindset. Because I promise you, right? You take somebody who's broke, meaning they have a broke mindset, and you give them money, they will lose that money. I promise you they'll lose that it money. They can hurt them. They can hurt them. Right? You take somebody who has a who has a who has a multi-million dollar mindset and you take all their money away. I promise you they'll be a millionaire again. Because it's mindset, and so stop thinking that money's gonna change it. You gotta change your mindset first and foremost. If you change your mindset, I promise you, everything comes after that. Because with the mindset, it means that you're, you're vibrating on that level. And so if you're vibrating on a, on a millionaire level, then millions have to catch up with you, period. If you if you if you if you're vibrating on a ten thousand dollar level, it's always going to match up with you. And so if you get a million, then things are going to pop up. People are going to come out of nowhere. Your your your, your kids going to get sick. All the stuff that happens that now you're losing money and then you're back to that ten thousand because that's where your mindset is at. I like that. They yeah. said the money has to catch up to you. Absolutely, that's a fact. I like that. That's a fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a fact. Money can hurt you. Oh, absolutely. See it all the time. All the time. Um, <laughs> all right. Question and answers. We want to open it up for question and answers. Yeah, man. That's the Point of the live podcast. So we got Jamal walking around with the mic. Oh, oh my, that's a, that's a nah, long can you just project it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, what, what app are you using to dictate the book? What app? All right, so that, that's, that's a dope question. The question is, what app am I using to dictate the book? Uh, I actually don't use apps, and the reason why I don't use apps, so I, so I use my iPhone, um, and there's a Shure mic, S-H-U-R-E, called the MV88, and it go right, yeah, it go right to your, to your phone. And so I voice record it, and then I send it to transcribe. So there are um, uh, apps out there, so you got Dragon's Speech and all that stuff. 
um, that actually transcribes it for you. So as you talk, it transcribes it. The problem is that a lot of, I'll be, we all, we all family here, a lot of it is made for the European dialect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What so was I, that word? You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so I might, I might say something and Dragon Dictator's like, nah, that's not what I meant. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't want to have to go through and, you know, and have to transcribe yeah, that. And so, and so because of that, and you know, I got a heavy New York accent, and so I, I, I dictate it, and then I send that file and let a human being, you know what I mean, translate. Yo, are you working on an app for our dialect? Come on. Are you working on that? Are you? Are you I'm working? not, but no, no. <laughs> Yo, say less. Sorry. No, 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 say less. I, like, I just looked at him. I, mean, I looked at him and I head nodded him, and that's it. He's good. I'm not going to answer that because me, because he asked that for Yo, you got to know strategy, baby. He asked that for a reason. He not just going to ask that out. Heard you, son. Say less. Heard you. Say less. And he got the New York hat on, so I, I gave him the head nod. He said, yo, are you working for an album? I was like, all right. And then, and then, and then, and then I was quiet because I didn't want no heat. I didn't want you to. Next question, please. You know, next question, please. Real quick, you always know too, like... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Nah, you know, when, when, when we transcribe, like, we actually just had an episode, like a podcast episode. You would be surprised how many pages come out from just a 30-minute talk. Yeah, yeah. And we transcribed an episode, what was it, like, 14 pages? And it was broken down. Yeah, that, was, that was abbreviated. Abbreviated, yeah. too. It yeah. could have been probably, like, 30 pages from an hour. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, you do four of those, you ready, you know what I'm saying? You already got a book. Next question. Please Next question, please. Yes, what up, bro? <laughs> okay. All right. So. Is it on? We can hear you. We can hear you. Okay. Right, we got you now. So my question is: I know you mentioned everyone should write a book. Yes. And I know that you have courses, you have speaking engagements. Oh, like so you. you do a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk about so it. So the challenge that I run into, how, do, and I want to know how you deal with it. What do you decipher between speaking about at your workshops, giving in your courses? versus writing in your book have it like how do you decipher what you put where yeah, what's, yeah, the yeah. what's the balance what's right, the balance all right so so i so 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 number one i live in a in abundant world and so i believe that and is better than or yep. <coughs> and so and so and so i don't choose what i got 20 books in me i wrote eight i got 20. It's just a matter of priority. Though. What what am I what what am I working on now, and what am I going to put out first? So I think that uh, if you know, as a speaker, as a business person, if whatever is going to drive your current business is what you should write about now. That's what I say, right? And so if you know, if you're focusing on you know tax strategies for the wealth. To, to become wealthy, then that should be the book. Because why? Because now you're gonna teach people about tax strategies to be wealthy, and they're gonna read that book, and they're gonna learn something from it, and they may wanna hire you for your services, number one. Number two, people who need speakers to talk about tax strategies for the wealthy will now read your book or see you have a book about it and hire you for speaking engagements, right? And so that's the beginning of it. But at some point, if, if, you're, if your life pivots or your business pivots or something pivots, you write another book, right? About tax strategies for, you know, for single moms, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so I, you know, I say and is better than or, and, I, and honestly, the reason why I'm able to make at least six figures, up, up six figures, see, I'm talking in, into, into uh, fruition, but at least four figures a month um, from books is because 
because I was able to, I have this book idea, all right, I'm gonna do my right money, right, 10 laws of financial freedom. Oh, people ask me about credit repair, what the FICO, 12 steps for repairing your credit. Oh, I'm a spiritual guy, all right, mind right, life right. You know, manifesting your dreams through the laws of the universe. Oh, Jay-Z talked about 444, all right, the wake up call, financial yeah. lessons learned from 444. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So, so like every time I'm inspired, I just go with that. And so I think that you start with where you are right now, and then when it pivots, pivot with it. The other thing I would say too, is that when I speak, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care about product pushing in my in my speeches because people will connect with me. Yeah, yeah. Period. Right? And so there's there's probably gonna be people here who connect with me, like, yo, you know what? I like this dude. There's people gonna be like, nah, I don't like this dude. He yelled too much. Whatever. Right? But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the people who are like, yo, you know what? I rock with this dude. Let me go see what he's about. I promise you they're gonna buy your stuff. I promise you they're gonna, they're gonna look at the catalog of what you got and they're gonna buy what fits with them. And then they're gonna hit you in the DM and be like, yo, Ash, I got this book. What, what, what you think I should read next? It happens to me all the time. I get DMs all the time. Like, yo, I just read, yo, I was, I was on my credit repair journey. I just read What the Fight What you think is the next book I should read? And I got a variety for them. Like so I'm like, yo, where you at? Where you at? What you trying to do? I got a few. You trying to manifest dreams or you trying to be financially free? Yeah. What you trying to do? And then when they're ready to write their own book, exactly. I got a publishing company. Look, I got a publishing company. I got a course for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like what you want, man? I'm your pusher. What you want? I'm your pusher. Call of hustle. Call of hustle. Home of the hustle, baby. I get it all about that. Cash, cash. Yes, yo, yo, always a pleasure. Ash don't even know this, but so I'm a financial advisor. So a young lady came in my office a while back, and she saw you was on the show, and she was like, yeah, you know, um. I, I grew up with him. I went to high school together, hey. and she was like, "Yo, I never, be, I would never believe that he is who he is." Because she was like, "Ash was a was a goon in high school." <laughs> she was like, "Yo, he was a real live street dude." Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, "Ash?" Ash? Nah, nah. She's like, Yo, don't, get, "Don't get fooled by the inspiration. He was a street dude before all this." What I want to talk about today is uh, consumption, support, and. Uh, a little bit of reality behind the entrepreneurship and what it looks like for you because I mean we all don't have the same skill set mm -hmm. we all don't have the same mindset but you know being descendants of slaves we all can labor and that's and that's real mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so um so um yeah so so you wanted to talk about support you talk, you just spoke about that because yeah, 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 we had, we had yeah, conversations yeah, yeah, you know, before so consumerism because one of the things that, that you really said on the podcast that really struck a, a nerve with a lot of people and really um changed the dynamic of stuff is you like support people don't fully understand what support is right yeah so that's the that's the biggest thing and that's what that's what is extremely important within like the black ecosystem because a lot of times as black people we got a lot of the right ideas but we in the wrong stores you know what i'm saying and we need to understand what it looks like to be able to scale black businesses and when you consume you need to consume with intention but then you, you need to understand the difference between support and consumption and what that looks like so for example like some of you may have jobs right when you got jobs you don't work for jobs, you work for people. So like take for example myself, a person who's uh, been able to grow my business to seven figures by myself, and a young black man coming out of culinary school, he's not gonna really wanna work for me as much as he's gonna want, wanna work for the Four Seasons, right? That's true. But the person who's working at the Four Seasons make a hundred grand a year, he got a hundred grand a year mindset. Mm -hmm. 
You see what I'm saying? So so the difference between support and consumption and understanding what that looks like is, is similar to understanding what your mindset needs to be when you go out and you buy stuff. Buy stuff. Buy stuff from people. So for me, like, when people come into my store, they say, you know, I came to support. And I'm like, well, shit, this shit, temp time here, so now you come in a concern. And they really didn't understand the difference because as black people, when we look at other black entrepreneurs, we tend to think we're doing them a favor. You're not doing them a favor, you're building a community. Right, and you're right. creating an ecosystem. Because we can't look outside ourselves for anything. No one has anything for us. Case in point, in my situation, like, um, everything that we've done to grow my business has been through ourselves. You see what I'm saying? I always say, like, take Jay-Z, take Puffy, take Russell Simmons. None of them niggas ain't doing nothing together. It's independent. They doing anything independent, and then they doing anything independent, and then at the end of the year, the numbers get charged up. But when you do see Jay-Z do, like, the Live Nation deal, or the CEO of that company, it's a white man. When you see Oprah do a lot of the deals, they, they from white people, and then they're able to trickle back. So the whole Live Nation play is, is a white play. The whole... Uh, What's the movie, The Black Panther? The whole Black Panther play is a white play. So we need to understand who owns what, we talked about like all white, right? And what that looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you buy from the uh, entrepreneur, what's you, what, what your intention is? So are you consuming, are you, are you supporting, and what does that look like? So for me, it's about intentional consumption. So you talked about the, um, the, the other side, the ugly side of entrepreneurship, right? and making hard decisions and um you posted some videos about yeah, it yeah too. even with employees right <laughs> so the restaurant business you have a lot of employees that's yeah. like part of it like you can't be a solo entrepreneur in a restaurant so but how is it working with so you hire people from your community right yeah 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 and um it hasn't been all easy for you either right no no it's not easy and i think like when i see a lot of uh out of the other podcasts or the platform, they try to make shit seem real glamorized. So like they'll talk about their business and they'll talk about uh, how much money they make, but they're not talking about the problems they're dealing with hiring these niggas. These ain't real problems, you know what I'm saying? Because we don't know what that looks like. I'm, I'm sure some of y'all out there are entrepreneurs and it's hardest to deal with your people. So I had to find a model where I had to really go from an entrepreneur to a therapist and really dig deep into the eyes of my brothers and see, oh, this is what he's struggling with. He's struggling with trust. It's not that he don't want to do the job. He trusts I'm not going to pay him. Right. Because he worked for another black man and that man didn't pay him. Mm. So now it's different with me than it, than it is with, say, like a white brand. Whereas though he might not get paid, he might get paid, but he might get, they might talk shit about him behind closed doors or they got a cake bake for him. Whereas though with me, I'm being straight up with him. And it's, it's a little bit difficult to earn his trust because of what he saw in black men. Specifically for black men, um, we don't grow up in communities where we have fathers. So I know for me it was a struggle to trust a black man and I was resistant to that. So much so that if my father would try to tell me what to do, I, I'm, I'm, I'm bucking automatically. You see what I'm saying? So when I had a lot of young black men working for me, it was so much resistance. They didn't understand I was laying it out for them. So I'll, I'll give you a case in point even with my own brother, right? So. I build a store out, I, buy, I pay for everything on my own. Then I do the trucks, I pay for everything on my own. So I go to my brother, we going back and forth. I say, what's your dream? He said, well, my, my dream is to own a restaurant. You're sitting right here in one. <laughs> You're sitting right here in one, right? So we get into it, I fire him, he leave. He leave, right? Go right on the internet and buy a package from a white guy how to run a restaurant. Wow. Mm. wow. I'm sitting right here. 
the plug right here. Right here. But it's every day, though. Every day we give our black entrepreneurs so much bullshit. It's so much to deal with. From the entrepreneur side of hiring people to the consumer side of people coming into a space and feeling like they should own it. Same thing I had with a woman one time. We opened at 9 o'clock. She came at 9.05. She said, well, I came at 9.05. The door was locked, so I'm never coming back. I said, well, do you like the restaurant? She said, I love it. I said, do you like the food? She said, I love it. I said, but you're never coming back. She said, no, I'm never coming back. I said, why didn't you say that you don't really focus on them? Because a, a lot of times, us as black and brown people, we got a lot of slashes. Like we do head slash, we cook dinner slash. So for me, the only, in order to scale, you got to focus. So I scaled the business by, it's a one plus one equal two model. So I go back to when I was in the street saying, you know, if you buy one brick, you stay down, you sell it, and you get another one. A lot of people don't really talk about how important it is to save. Save and sacrifice equals scaling. So those are the three S's that we typically talk about. So like, for example, this year, I got uh, five restaurants, uh, two food trucks. So that's seven streams of income. And I remember I read somewhere that the average millionaire had seven streams of income. And then now we sell product through those restaurants and merchandise. So then now that's 21 streams of income. So my goal is by the time that I get 40 years old, I'll have 20, 25 to 30 streams of income coming in. But it's a lonely place for me because I'm scaling, but when I look to my left and to my right and I see my fellow black entrepreneurs that kinda are close to me or higher level, they just doing their own thing on their own too. And like when you talk to them, it's like, yeah, that's cool, that's what's up, that's what you're doing. I'ma holler at you and then don't shit. So one of the things, one of the things that I, I like what you did is that you, so another episode, Fernando, Lord of the Slums, and you liked that episode a lot, a lot of people did, and um, you reached out to him. Yeah. So he gave you some game and you actually implemented it, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah, hell yeah. So, so, so with Fernando, with Fernando specifically, because um, the first thing I got to do is shout out the Iron Legion podcast. Appreciate you, bro. You all of that. Yeah, you don't understand the importance of the information that's directly in front of you. And if you don't know, so a lot of times I tend not to speak about business. I speak more about mm, social skills and how we need to grow and come out of certain traumas. Because even if you get that tax business, you can give up on it. Even if you get that restaurant, you can give up on it. Or you, you can say, well, fuck, I ain't hiring black people. You see what I'm saying? So I reached out to Fernando because I knew I saw value and then I acted on it. So I was like, damn, he got all these houses. He can help me scale my restaurant business. So when I reached out to him, the goal was to reach out so that we could partner up. And then he was like, well, I'm kind of busy right now. I'm not going to partner up on the business, but I can show you a way in which you can scale your business for free. He did that for me for free. So um, I didn't know about hard money until I watched Earn Your Leisure. Like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. so naive, even being a businessman. I felt like hard money was a nigga giving me some money, and I own him. It's going to be a problem if I don't own him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's all I knew. I didn't know nothing. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about I was green. That's all I knew. So, so but if I would have knew you're that. Not, you're not all the way wrong with that. But if I knew that, I would have I would have definitely grown faster. So that's definitely some information that he gave me. So um he told me that I could put 20% down, go through a hard money lender. He gave me the hard money lender lead. And the building at the time was like 200 grand, it's a mixed-use property. So anybody who know my uh, my business model, we got mixed-use property. 
So that's what I would encourage all of y'all to do because it's a way to kind of offset costs if you're an entrepreneur. Get a mixed-use property. Can, can you talk about that, though? They might have seen the podcast, but I want you to explain that and why, why mixed-use properties are so important All right, so for mixed, your business model. Yeah, so mixed-use is when you got residential and commercial property, right? Specifically, the, typically the commercial property is at the bottom. So like in D.C., like a lot of that is like Adamsburg and Georgetown, where they got apartments up, up top and then commercial at the bottom. So for us, it was easier because the tenants paid the mortgage. So when the tenants pay the mortgage, you open for free. So we can like we can go through anything at my business right now. If I feel the type of way where I want to restructure my business, I can close it. If a recession comes, we good. Because we don't have any bills. We might do something come this month. Exactly. <laughs> so that was a, that was a way that I was able to scale so fast too, because I um, I focused on a business model. So that's the that's a, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's extremely important. So a lot of people here probably got good ideas and good 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 products, but might got might not got the best business. Model. So like for example, you walk in a cafe and you don't like the butterscotch crimpers, right? So you write them off. But you'll never go to think like that black lady might not got the best crimpers, but she got a great business model. Mm. I make some good ass crimpers. Let's link up and let's do something. Mm. So a lot of times we gotta learn how to respect business and see them for what they are beyond face value. And even when you go in places, like you go in places and you eat a good product. So this is how I acquired the vegan donut place. I went in the spot, I ate the donut. I stepped outside, I seen it was two apartments above. So I'm like, the donut good is it's a mixed use property. I wonder are they interested in selling? The lady, the lady told me they was interested in selling because they didn't own the building. So they didn't use the right business model. So when I called Fernando, he gave me the lead to the hard money guy, come to find out. You don't need tax returns. Nope. You don't need, you know what I'm saying? You I'm just being honest. You could literally come from the street and have a bag with 50 in it, and they going to take it. That was right out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's my attitude. You know what I'm saying? So, so he's like, he's like, shit, all you need. I'm just being honest. He's like, shit, all you need is, you need 40 bags. Then you need closing cards. So I'm like, what's all that? So he like, like 48,000. I went right home. Right. <laughs> See what I'm saying? He's very talented in math. Oh my god. He's a very talented math student. Very talented. Bad. Was it that was that it out? It was good. Alright. Yeah. So 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 I'm gonna tell y'all to play. Look, I never bought the building. I'm like, and I ain't gotta buy it. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm like, forget it, I ain't gotta buy it. I'm gonna just fix it up. We're gonna double back and we're gonna buy it, right? I fix it up, he sell it to another white No. You know what I'm saying? So a white dude come to me one day, like, I'm your new landlord. I'm like, ain't no way in the world. David told me he was gonna sell me the building. 
No, I bought the building from David. He bought the building from David for 700. My building appraised for a million dollars. So this is how I was able to get my building. The white guy that I built, that I, that I, uh, that bought it from David, I was a headache to him for so long. <laughs> well, he came to be like, fuck it, dog, go ahead. Whatever you, whatever you gotta do to get it. So I told him, look, I can come up with 20%. And then he did what's called owner finance. Because he owned the building. But that was a white person who put me in a position to do that. And another thing I'm gonna be honest about is, all my level up positions always came from white people. It's crazy. Because I talk, just real fast. So look, I was sitting with a, a delegate in Baltimore City, black woman, right? We eat. She, she love the food. She come here all the time. And it's all about perspective with black people, right? So she said, I love the food. I would love for you to cater for some events that we having, right? I said, all right, that's cool. White lady come in. She eat the food. She love the food. She said, I love the food. You need to get five more locations. Here's my business card. So it's all about perspective. Some of the places that you really love and fall in love with, and you got a business model, add value. Add va you don't gotta start a salon from scratch. She got a salon that you love, she might can't manage the books really well. But I ain't gonna, you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 no, 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 no. Sure, you, I, yeah, nah, I just, because the mentorship piece is key, right? So I know that you've hired a lot of young people, a lot of them didn't work out. And, you know, I was in my mind thinking, like, have any of them come back? Because I know you brought some of your young boys here. Shout out to Nacho who was here. What's the, what's the return on, on the investment in some of these young people when they come back, realizing that, you know what? That, I really should have listened, right? This guy's in a position who can help me. Yeah, all right. So for me, just for me, you know what I'm saying? So I started my business to get out the streets. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I was like, yo, I'm not trying to die, go to jail. I'm trying to make a shit ton of money and do business, right? So I start, I became successful. I got lucky. When my first store, it took us six months, we got the second store. So then it became a reach back piece. Like, no, nah, that's nah, bigger than me. I'm already making money. All these young black men, they got these problems because I was an introvert. Being in the streets in Baltimore, you stay to yourself. So I didn't know, like, problems. I didn't even know nothing about none of this. So now, being around so many young black men, like, damn, like, like Killer from Nacho Bangers, Dizzy Killer, that's my man, right? Shout and out to being, around, Nacho. being around people like him. Under 23? Yeah. <laughs> being around guys like him, like, damn, he, oh, he need me. Right. This shit bigger than like me selling some food. I gotta create a get back piece. So now let's go into the new year. So going into the new year, I got the seven stores, right? I got the seven stores. So with the seven stores, they not my stores. Those stores are for my guys. So what we do now is we all work. So we work the seven entities, right? And we make enough money every quarter to buy a new entity. And now what I'm doing, I got owner operators. So it got bigger than me and I said to myself, how can I provide a level of structure how can I provide a system and how can I provide a clean brand? Because in our culture, like, all we knew was like mom and pops. The Asians had everything. It wasn't no clean black brand. So for me, I do uh, gourmet southern food, a breakfast and brunch palette, but it's, it transcends the stereotype. And I typically go in higher and white neighborhoods because it's a real estate piece tour. But then it's also a place where all black people feel comfortable coming. So now I've decided to replicate that model, right? and being able to build that out and now pass it to the next man. So I'm gonna break it down. I buy the spot, I build it out, right? You work for me. After a year, if you show face, I give it to you, it's free. Now we split. It's no different than we building up a block, we sitting up there catching the flow together, now they coming, you run the block, I'm gonna move on to the next block. That's how that works. Right. Actually, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, all right, so we're going question, question and answers, question and answers. We got some. Yep. 
Uh, you're, you were talking about dealing with the employees and stuff and really spoke to me. I work for a black man now and we have some challenges, but deep down in my heart, I don't want to leave the company because he's a black man, he, we have black employees, we have black clients. What would be your advice to someone who's having those issues but want to stick it out? How long have you been there? Uh, about a year and That's a half. No, no, no. So listen. <laughs> so, so it's a grind. You see what I'm saying? If you've been there for, and I, and I, and I respect that, right? So, you see how mentally he challenged already. So it's already a fight. So now he gotta go in and work for this man, knowing like, look, it's basically a social tone. Now I'm, I'm working for you because you're black, and I think that's not right. I think you gotta get to a space where there's a level of fulfillment and there's an even tone amongst you and the people that you work for. I don't believe support me because I'm black. I believe I gotta give you some exceptional shit. <laughs> That's just what I gotta give you. I, love how I gotta go it. all in and all out every week, <laughs> specifically because you're black. Right. right. And I know you are. Right. So, so when you're working with that gentleman in particular, it's, it's best to get a set of rules and constructs. See where he's trying to go. If he ain't trying to go nowhere, get out of there. But if there's, if there's a place for you to be able to grow and excel, I always believe in sticking to it. Stick to it if this is what it is. Because even if you lead a mob, you back in somebody else's orientation, dealing with the same shit. Yeah, we spoke on live, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, 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 yeah. What your book I know, I ain't writing no book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, we know a guy. We know a guy. He don't even have an Instagram page. He got to get on social media yeah, first. So, 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 like, I don't got no Instagram. Uh, if you ever seen him on Instagram, he look like this. Derek came and we had the whole arena to ourselves and he said he was the last person to sit all, all the way up there. <laughs> by, by himself. He's still moving around like... <laughs> you good, baby, you good. You ain't got, you ain't got duck no more. You got a question. So, um, out of all the type of businesses that yeah, okay. Um, so for me, um, I decided to do the restaurant because we grew up like my so my grandparents from Littleton, North Carolina. So they we grew up eating fish and grits, chicken and waffle, stuff like that in the house. Um, but also my, my passion was interior design, fashion, food and music. And the restaurant was the only place where you I mean you can't walk a chicken and waffle down the runway. So the restaurant was the only place where I could get all of that out, where I could design the uniforms, I could control the music. So for like people who follow me on Instagram, like they love the music oh, that we play. And, and then like, all right, then I can design the inside of the space. And I knew I could get all that fulfillment. And then I also wanted to create something to transcend the, the stereotype because I just felt like, like in my city, I lived in LA too for a while, so in Atlanta, and in my city, it wasn't a lot of higher end upper crust. So I don't know how familiar y'all are, but like the Four Seasons or like Soho House and things like that. But it's my goal this year to, to get out of the restaurant uh, business of it and focus more on the hospitality company. So with the seven, with the seven restaurants and the two food trucks, um, we looking to grow and be somewhat of like a Four Seasons 15, 20 years from now for Black people specifically. Yeah, for black people, that's my whole thing. You know, I like to create a level of inclusion where when white people participate, that's fine. But that's another thing. I don't know, I'm just speaking on my experience. White people not checking for you. Black people checking for you. If I if I see y'all right now and y'all coming to me and I got some biscuits, you gonna try them. A group of white girls are walk right by me. 
You see what I'm saying? So I created a business specifically for black people, hoping that if white people fall in love with it, that's a, there's a level of inclusion, but when white people come in your doors, you want to treat them as family because now they're interested in you. But keep going outside and thinking white people validate your business and if they buy something for you that make you better. No, that shit is old. That's, that's, no, that's an old mindset. Derek, Derek, man, appreciate you, bro. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some other people have questions. We're going to run running short on time, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, you got to hang out with us. You got to hang out with us afterwards as well. So, all right. So, the closer, today's closer, the show closer. Well, me and Max, Max, one thing I like about our Earn Leisure podcast is that we bring people on from different walks of life. And everybody has a different story, everybody has a different journey, everybody has a different level of education, everybody has a different, um, you know, expertise. And we don't judge anybody. We, we're very non-judgmental. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, just, we just let people come as they are. And Max is, Max is just, he's one of these guys that, like, he's just a special person. Like, you know, sometimes you just see somebody, his hair always looks like his barber, which is like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's like a whole, it goes like that, right? yeah, it's like the beard, you got like a whole full-length beard. And um, so he has the look, but more important than the look, he has the information, and the way he delivers it is so powerful. And he's just he's 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 really dope and really dynamic. And he was one of our he's our most recent um, alumni. Yeah. Um, and people really really enjoyed that episode a lot. I mean, we we were humbled by it, right? Because when when we sat down, um, you told us that you had been listening to us, and we were like, for real, bro? And the next thing was like, yo, at the end, of, and everybody listened at the end of the episode, you're like, yo, we're going to DC. You look, you said, yo, yeah, schedule's good, I'm coming. <laughs> like, yeah. Literally, like, on the spot. And it was like, that's dope, it's good to have you here, man. Shout out to you. Yeah, yeah. It, bro. I appreciate Y'all give a round of applause for earning your leisure. <laughs> Just when I thought I was doing something. Uh, <laughs> we just did a whole new set. Now you want to do this? So I wanted to ask you. Um, we spoke about uh, real estate. We'll talk about real estate too, but we didn't really get a chance to talk about a few things that I really wanted to talk about on the podcast. Um, that hopefully we can talk about now. So, like you, one of the things we spoke about it briefly, but one of the things I really like about you is that you created systems in place and you actually make more money off those systems than even in real estate, right? And it's like, mistake. I think people forget that or they kind of overlook the message of what you've done. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up. So in my real estate business, I only make like a million and a half. Only, right? only, uh, right? Only. But, but in episode 51, y'all were talking about verticals. Yep. Uh, so out of being real good at real estate, I created different products within that real estate. Um, softwares that solve my problem that end up solving thousands of people's other problems. You know, that's like two or three billion dollars right there. So different things within that thing you're good at. Like you said, when you say you got to get seven streams, that means you got to go do this trucking. You got to do this. So it all comes. It all stems from real estate. And then, and then that's where we get to the, you know. Yeah, because because it, it was like, and especially for you, because you used to be a bounty hunter. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, so when you, but you learned how to track people down. Yeah. So that's how I created one of my first products that made me a million dollars laying in bed. That was the first product that I had to work nothing. Like once I built it, yeah. it, it made me like a million dollars while you're sleeping. Yeah. Exactly. And it's going to continue to make money. Yeah, we did two million this year. Because you saw, it's all about solving a problem. So it's like if you're in real estate, you know, a lot of times. One of the issues is that you can't you can't track down the owner of a home, and it's like so you when you realized I have the I know how to track down people, 
but I don't need to track down people to serve them warrants anymore. <laughs> I can track down people to say, I have an offer for your home. Are you interested in that? Absolutely. And, and it solves a, it solves a problem. Yeah, and many, many of my, my people's right here, my family, my wholesaler family, my real estate family, yeah, yeah. they know how important it is that you see a house that's destroyed and you're like, yo, I want that house. But the owners abandoned it for the last seven, eight, 12 years and you need to find them. Skip tracing is what, what puts you on there. That's a mindset thing too, right? Because a lot of times we drive past the house and we're like, we might go near that house. That's like on, tri on Halloween. You don't even, nah, we ain't going to that house. It's, it's crazy that even like, so until you learn about real estate and you learn that, oh, that abandoned house you can make money from, yeah. a lot of us drive past the house and never seen it. And then you listen to like somebody on YouTube, you go listen to a YouTube video and be like, oh, you can make money off a abandoned house. The next time you're driving to work, you see 30 of them, yeah. right? It's, it's, like, it's like when you're gonna go buy a new car. You get a Range Rover, and then all of a sudden you pull out of the Range Rover shop and every car that goes by is a Range Rover. Yeah. Why did I buy this? Everybody has it. So it's just your mind, it's yeah. a mind thing. We talk about it a lot too, like now you start to look for things. Because yeah. I was saying on the podcast, like even like, when you, as a kid in the school bus, like we drive past homes where like the, the, the grass is like five feet and the paint is chipped and you always think like people don't care about their homes, yeah. but that's money. That could be an abandoned, that could be somebody that's in Florida that can't afford to keep it up. That's that could be somebody that's just distressed and, and needs somebody. So it's like, they looking I, for you. I, 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 use, I like that example because it's like, a lot of times people look for money, but you're literally in that scenario, you're driving past money and you don't even see it. You see it, but you don't see it. You know, one of the biggest things I thought was BS when it was like, yo, don't go chase money, solve problems. I never, like, I, I thought, you know, as somebody that was broke and had a broke mindset, I thought it was stupid. Like, yeah, we gotta go up to the back, but the reality is you need to solve problems. And, and seeing a house that's abandoned, one, you're solving so many problems. One, you have the taxes of not being paid. So the city government is not collecting taxes on the house in the last six years. Then you have the neighborhood is depreciating because of the physical stature of the house next door to it. So the neighbors hate it, right? Then it's not safe, you know? It could be something that's not supposed to be, a trap house, right? It was just all types of things. So you start, you solve so many problems by fixing that house, and you can put people in it that actually are needing a house, deserving to have a house. Yes, yeah, right. And um, one of the things that we ain't gonna talk about either is, is mindset, because I know that's real big for you as well. Um, like a lot, a lot of even your speaking engagements yeah. is, is mindset. So we talked about before with the real estate, but can you talk about that for a little bit as far as in the 30 day challenge, man? Yeah, so mindset, mindset is like the, the biggest thing. And you know, as black people, we don't address a lot of the things that we have on our mind or just the way we were brought up, right? So we have to challenge the way we think. Um, you know, everybody was, everybody's grown up different, but you know, I, I talk about like, so the brain has neurons. I don't know if you, I don't know if I said this already, yeah, but. Yeah. No, no, you didn't, it was in live, but not on the podcast. Yeah, so, so the, brain, the brain has neurons in it, and, and, and in order for something to happen, these two neurons fire off at each other, like send electrical pulse between each other, right? So they say when you grow up, you are compromised of the most, the 10 people you hang around with, right? So from your kid to your adult, you hang around an average of 10 people, and you're a fabric of those 10 people put together, whether it's good or bad, right? So being that, you start to do things naturally that you just see every day you start to do it, right? So an example I usually give is, how many of you ever left work one day and then just ended up in the driveway? 
Like you didn't even think about your left turn, your right turn. So that is your brain just firing off those, those neurons that you've done so, for so long. So what happens is in order to challenge those thoughts, you have to have a complete opposite thought. Right, so, so you, your brain fires off these exact neurons over and over again to where it says, you know what, I'm just gonna throw like an ethernet cord between these two neurons. That way I don't have to think about it. It just becomes a natural reaction. So in order to break that, that high speed connection between those two neurons, you gotta have a complete opposite challenging thought. So for me, it was like, when I read the book, so I'm dyslexic, most of you guys know I, do, I read terribly, right? What would take you two hours to read might take me six days. Right, so everything just takes a little bit longer. So I, when they came out with, like you can listen to books, at like 31, 30, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was just a book, the story, I don't even know if it's a real story or not, but it, it made me challenge the way I just learned everything. And it was like, well, what if everything I learned was wrong? So let me just go through the day and just start challenging myself, challenging my brain. And with that, it just started, things just started happening. And I started learning what money really was. Right, and then like just just everything. So I think the mindset, because everything that we want to accomplish is, is already out there, right? It's on the internet, it's for free, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's out there. But what happened is the reason why we can't receive it because our mindset is not ready for it. We're not ready to be rich. You know, my man talking about, you, you gotta forecast that rich. We want the money, we have no idea why we want it. So we're, we're conditioned in a way that we just have to change and it just, it, we gotta have these provocative conversations. What's so crazy is like this year we've traveled, Dave and I is my director of media, my creative director. We've done over 260,000 miles in a plane this year, right? And when you're growing a brand that I'm doing intentionally, you can do it two ways. You can spend a lot of money on Facebook ads and all that stuff, or you can go around and touch people's hands and hug people, yeah. right? So what's been so cool is like five, 10 years ago, these are not the conversations we were having. This would have been a VIP section for a Lil Wayne concert, <laughs> right? So now we're sitting here talking about how to build wealth, how to do real estate, how to do things outside. This is, if we keep this up for the next 10 years, we gonna change the fabric of this. Woo, yeah. Right, so we're like at the beginning of something that is so dope, like we're not talking, we're not, we're not doing enormous stuff anymore. Yeah, and one of the things you told us, like off camera, was like, yo, I love what y'all doing, and y'all giving it for free. Yeah. Just give it for free. Give the information. Give it. You want to talk about that a little bit? The craziest thing, man, people that I looked up to in, this, in the real estate business prior to getting into it would, would call me once I started to get a little buzz and say, what are you doing? Why are you giving this away? One guy, he said, no, you get a diminishing return. I have a Facebook group of like 90-something thousand people, and we just give away information. Yeah. Contracts, how to do this. It's a community of us coming together and just talking about, yo, how do we do this? How do we help each other? And I remember when I, when I put out one of my videos and it went viral, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get 10,000 subscribers and I'm gonna put out a course. And then I started watching this guy named Gary V. And he was like, nah, just give it away, give it away, give it away. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm actually making money in real estate now. I don't need this. Put a paywall because if I put a paywall up, nobody would have heard of me. Right, you know what I mean? So I'm just gonna put, I'm gonna give it away. And as I gave away, and I know that things your mom said, give it away, it's gonna come back 10 times better, right? It was true. I just gave it away, then it started feeling good. Then it was, like every time I'm talking to somebody, I'm like, yo, you, you see any abandoned houses? Like, you wanna, you wanna make it back? So I just started sharing the story with everybody, like, yo, you can do it too, I'm, I'm nothing special. I can barely read, I'm nothing special, trust me. So, you know, being able to give away stuff has been able to grow my brand, it's the same way you guys are doing it. It's like, I know you get approached and emails every day about 
who you want to work with and stuff like that. Like my man Cash said, y'all have to work with anybody. Anybody. I'm sure you guys don't either. So you get to decide and pick who you want to work with. So being able to give away this information, right now is not the time to charge. Now you got to charge this thing, right? But the basic information and be able to fire off the different thoughts that everybody needs in this room, you got to give that away. And, and it's like, it's no different from a rapper having mixtapes. Before the album comes out, like you develop a, a, a core following. And when it's time to charge for a service or an event, they, it's no problem. They feel guilty not paying because right. they've gotten so much for free. Right. Game is that's like game. That's kind of like, we were out. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> we were out last night. Like, true story, right? We walked in and we're in DC, right? So we walk in and the guy was like, are you leasing? I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? He's like, I'm like, yeah, we'll just get some drinks. He's like, nah, you, I can't take your money. You giving me too much. I'm like, sure, it's fun. He's like, nah, 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 for real, man. I'm like, well, let me have some fries, too. <laughs> it's, it's a good feeling when people come up to me and people come to you and be like, yo, that podcast changed my life. That's crazy. Like, you don't know what that feels like yeah, for somebody yeah, to say, crazy. you changed my life. I'm like, how? Right, right, you know, right, like, right, how right. can I? You know what I'm saying? Some guy was like, yo, my mom wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for you. And I'm like, yo, that's touchy, B. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start crying. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, he was like, yo, I was able to do what you said in real estate, got this money, and I was able to pay for my mom's procedure. Right? And I remember I did a, a live event, and a guy came to me, I'll never forget his name. He came to me, he was like, yo, and he came up to me real aggressive, right? So I was, you know, I was in the military, I did some crazy stuff. I, I always, you know, protect myself. He came to me mad aggressive, I was like, oh crap, we about to have to do something. <laughs> and he was like, yo, I love you. My man was like straight thugged out. He was like, he was like, I love you. I was like, and he started telling me his story, and he started to cry. And I was like, yo, chill, be a, a <laughs> I'll cry with you, you know what I mean? But he was like, man, you changed my life, and his, he put, he worked, just, it was just so much that he talked about, man, and it's just, it's just a feeling to be able to give this stuff away. Is, is where it's at. I, I enjoy that more than anything. There's another piece that is extremely fulfilling too, and I've seen it, especially this weekend, is like when they get to see the people who've been on the show, like, yo, can, can, I, can I meet Derek Cup, man? I just gotta say thank you to him. Or can I meet Wall Street Trap, or can I, where's this business? I gotta find it, like, the fact that they're seeking these people who they didn't know before, is like amazing, man. It, it's, it's, it's crazy, man, like, for us to be giving away information and to be educating people, and we, we're like, it's like we play over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? We made it to the league. So, but it's, it's, it's like, it's just, it's just crazy though, but our impact is real. Nah, it's real. And I was saying on the live as well is that, so the, the good thing with Earn Your Leash is that we're, we're all-inclusive tent. And literally we've had, I think, four guests that went to Wharton School of Business, right? And people, and that's the best business school in the world. And people really love the episodes. We have people like Wall Street Trapper, Derek Falcon, that Caesar. are re re returning citizens. Caesar. Returning citizens. That's in our vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, put that yeah. in yours. It's a fact. <laughs> uh, but the thing about it is that there's somebody for everybody to identify with. Right. Yeah. Like, everybody's not a street person. Everybody's not a highly educated person, right? Everybody is not a nerd. Some people are nerds. So it's like, it's important to highlight everybody because there's one person that identifies with that. Yeah. Like somebody identifies with John Henry. Yeah. Somebody identifies with you. Somebody identifies with even me and Troy. And they're gonna tell us too. Like, and, yo, that was my favorite. And to episode. see, to see, like what Earn Your Leisure has really become is like a, a, a mentorship program in a sense where it's like you can actually learn from somebody that you can identify with personally and then follow their journey. And it's like a really dope thing. So I wanted to ask you, like specifically. What got you, like, 
real estate, we talk about real estate a lot, but wholesaling, if anybody's not familiar, if you didn't watch the episode, wholesaling is when you, you don't actually buy the property, you're just like the, the middleman in the transaction. And I think wholesaling is something that is something that a lot of people can benefit in real estate because you don't need money to start, right? That's something that a lot of times people, it stops them from getting in real estate because they don't have money. You just need hustle. Yeah. I don't even know what it is a lot of times. It's like they don't actually have a foundation of what the word wholesaling means in the process of it. So you said you, you made a million dollars off of real estate and never had a mortgage, right? I've never, never bought any money from the bank ever. So yeah. So all right. Can you talk about like why wholesaling is just so beautiful to you as opposed to because you know the thought of being in real estate is you gotta have money, right? And it's it's not like so in, like a lot of us got started like that whole row right there. That's the millionaires right there, all off of just whole, starting with wholesaling. Now as you grow, you get learned more, and you start to acquire property. And I've never had to go to the bank. My man said he put down forty thousand. That's real. It's called hard money. And then if he does it a few more times, he can go to that same guy and say, "I don't pay your hard money fees anymore. We got an open relationship. I need it at ten percent." Right. Yeah. You know. So for me, like wholesaling opened up the door for for me to be able to get a bag, get educated on this field, and then actually become a, a, a physical investor, like own things and, and scale that operation. Yeah. So I, I never needed a bank. Today, Tuesday, I still don't need a bank. They hit me up all the time wanting to give me money. <laughs> Good problem to have. That's a yeah. great problem. <laughs> so can we talk about, can we talk about Jamaica? Yeah, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> Troy, Troy, Troy's Jamaican, get yeah, Jamaican, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, I see you doing some big things out of Jamaica. That's another thing too, earn your leisure, and that's why even when I'm glad we was able to do this, is that we, we, we never want to limit ourselves to any, we're, we're like all over the world, and we're, we've reached number one in like, I think 10 different countries, yeah, all the islands, Jamaica, yeah, Trinidad, yeah. everywhere, Barbados, um, so, we want to give people a, a, a broad vision. The earth is big. And a lot of times people feel like they can't get money in their area or it's saturated or it's too high a price, but who told you to stay in that area? And the thing about it is a lot of times we don't we don't leave our like 10 mile radius of where we grew up at, but Ernie Alicia is the whole world, but everybody all over the world. So I really like the play that you're doing in Jamaica right now. Um, so can you talk about that? Yeah, so my parents are Jamaican, my mom and dad, and uh, you know, you just, you don't always have to invest in America. So we bought property in Jamaica. One, I'm building my mom a house because she, she's retiring next year. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Hellshire, Hellshire Beach, no. outside of Kingston. He's not really I, from Jamaica. I, I, you know what I'm saying? So, it don't matter. He's first generation. He's first generation. He's a Yankee. He's like from foreign. <laughs> he's halfway Jamaican, right? So he grows up, he eats the food, he likes to, you know, be around Jamaicans. So he wants to say, like, yo, man, you're not really Jamaican. You're more like me. Like, no. But, uh, so, what up? We, we, we bought some beachfront property, and uh, we're building an apartment complex in Jamaica. It's not huge. We're starting, like, with an eight unit, and then we'll keep, keep leveling up. Um, 
But you know, it's, it's something good. The reason why I know is because Ralph Lauren is trying to buy the property next to ours. So, you know, you got to get on before that happens, you know, but always reach back wherever your roots are, wherever you feel comfortable at, go back there and it'd be something that's in my family forever. And that's, that's the dope part too, because I saw you put on Instagram, you got like the architect. My family. That's your family? Yeah, my architect, that's my cousin. What, what's everybody? Because I saw like four people. My, my brother's the COO. So he runs the operations. My, my cousin draws the plans and he's also an engineer. And then I have a cousin that's a realtor. So everybody all, eats. All, everybody eats. Everybody they, eats. They all, yeah, clap it up for that. I mean, I have five family members that work on On the payroll, yeah. So how is, it, how is it working with family? How is it working with family? It, it was, I, I went against everything that everybody said. You know, I think the reason why it's hard to work with family is because you don't have an open line of communication. And I think being the middle child, all my older siblings work for me, um, work with me, not for me. We all work together because it's, it's the same family. Because when something happens in my family, we all got to take care of it. And it don't matter right now, I got the bag and it might be my brother next time. So we all just, you know, I, I enjoy it because the trust issue is never there. Do, do me and my brother argue? Absolutely. But we always come back to a sense of, yo, at the end of the day, we're brothers. Like, you can't, like, we can't do this. Like, mom don't have to step in? No, mom never had to step in. She don't even know about it. <laughs> no, that, then we get in trouble. That's one of the things that um, we, just spoke, we speak about a lot, as well as far as um, family wealth. And that's something that's not really talked about enough. Like, even when we interviewed Caesar, um, DJ Envy's partner, and that's one thing that we like about his whole operation is like, his brother is the rent collector, yep. his wife is his partner, mm -hmm. he got, like, when you go to his office, it's like the Dominican Mafia. Like he's just, <laughs> nah, 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 every five I mean, minutes somebody's walking with an envelope. He just bought a school and it's named after his daughter. The school's going to be his new uh, apartment complex, but it's named after his daughter, man. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Every, we were there, like every five to 10 minutes, another person with an envelope. With an envelope. Just red money. A bunch of it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like Don Corleone. But the thing about him is that, we talk about entrepreneurship and all that, but the goal is not to just become successful for yourself. Like, no. just also just selfishness. Like, the goal is to empower your friends, your family, your community, your children. Like, because ultimately, it's like, united we stand and divided we fall, right? Like, you can only, you can only go so far by yourself. Yeah, I mean. And you know that from my, the military. My man said, he made a meal and he was like, I gotta reach back. Yeah. When you, you hit a number and you're like, yo, you don't need no more. That I always say, every it's like somebody needs you to be rich. Don't be selfish. So if you if you like, I got some friends that we have conversations. And they be like, yeah, I, I don't want to be rich. I just want to be comfortable. When you say that, you're being selfish. Come on. Because other people need you to be rich. Right. Because some people don't have the mindset they will never get there, yep. and you can't reach back and get them because you just want to be comfortable. Yep. No, I want the everything. Right. I want it all. So right. when I decide to give it out, I'm gonna give it out to who I to see free. Ash, you gonna love this. You gonna love this. You, you got you gotta go out there and get all you can because you gotta be able to give back. In yeah. in true earning leisure fashion, I'm gonna give you a J Yes. <laughs> right. So it's like what he said on boss. He was like. To me, you're broke unless everyone's rich next to you. 100%. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if I don't want to be the only one pulling out my car. We can't have a weak link in the chain, right? That's why I got rich, man. <laughs> we got no, no weak links in the chain, right? right? If someone falls, we're going to pick the next one up. And that's, that's, that, how it is. That's, that's the good thing about Earn Your Leisure, too. Earn Your Leisure is a family. Um, As so, yeah, you see me and Troy, but you got Mike, we got... Mike, what up, man? They, they, we always say your name, but I don't think people know who you are. Mike, raise your hand, we got his brother band, we got Jamal, we yeah, got, got MG the mortgage guy, and it's it like... It's a team, man. Yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. bunch of us. Other people are not even here. Wait, time out, time out, bro. You, got, you just gonna do that? What? 
I mean, every time we film, my wife oh, has yeah, to take yeah, the yeah, kids yeah. out. Oh, my. Yeah, sure. I wasn't going to let her do it. I wasn't going to let her do it. It's like all of us grew up together, so it's like me, Troy, Mike, like we, Jamal, we all knew each other for 20, 30 years. Bam, that's Mike's brother, so it's like the issue can never be that serious. Because we know we gotta talk to each other eventually. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I might not speak to Mike for like two weeks. That's a fact. But it's like, I'm gonna talk to him again eventually. Like, you know what I mean? So, that's a fact. And we just started talking. <laughs> this weekend. Isn't that fun when you can have your friends and your family and your business if you possible? But it's, 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 you know, it's work. And you're, and you're supposed to wanna have to put in more work to have your friends and your family and your business. But you just set the rules and the guidelines. I think it's fun. Because that, like, when we do that Jamaica trip, yeah. when I'm flying, my whole family's there. First class. We all going because we got work to do. You know, so we're, we're the leisure. Yeah, we got we don't earn our leisure. Matter of fact, you know, when we was flying back, we flew back. The president or, or prime minister, they call it, of, of Jamaica was like right there. I could have touched him. Like he came on the plane like a boss, but you know, it's just it's just cool, man, to be able to hit the road and go out with your family and, and make money with your family, you know brother buying a new car because he wanted and every my, my mom's mad happy because she saved the most money in her life ever just stuff like that and, that, that, and that's what it's about too as far as it's about it's about empowering your friends and have because like i always say you only gonna go so far as the people in your group chat because it's like you everybody, everybody, everybody <laughs> that's a fact <laughs> i didn't make a shirt out of that because <laughs> you know, yeah. nah, it's like even, even for us like we've had group chats for years just talking about nonsense, like who's the, who's the best rapper, basketball, and it's like Yo, now, you saw that I removed myself from those group chats. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and it's like now we, we having group chats and we're talking about like, all right, we're gonna get this real estate play in Cleveland, we're gonna do this, Ernie Lee's just gonna do a, a write a book, we're gonna have a new branch, and it, it, it actually feels different. It feels different when it's like five people all on the same path, like working, and it's easier, because you don't gotta do everything yourself, and it's like, now y'all all on the same wave, financially and it's like y'all gonna grow together because it's like positive peer pressure right like we think about that positive peer pressure it was like you're in private school because i went to public school and private school so in public school as long as you didn't curse the teacher out you gotta be you show up and don't curse her out come on but it's like in private school but, but it's like in private school you don't want to be the dumbest kid in the class Nobody wants to be the dumbest kid in the class. So you're gonna push yourself to be at least middle because you don't want to be looked at as like, oh, why is he here? Just to play basketball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like that's positive peer pressure. So it's the same thing with your environment. It's like if you're the only person successful and everybody else, you subconsciously start to self-sabotage yourself. You don't feel good. Because if, if you have any, if, you, if you're a decent person, you don't feel good to do good and everybody else is doing bad. Like, it, it does, like if I if I have a if I have a Rolls Royce and I'm driving through the worst neighborhood, I don't I don't feel good about that. If, like I said, like you know what I'm saying, it's like you feel guilty. So you either remove yourself totally, or you start to subconsciously self sabotage so you can be on that that level. And that happens all the time. I see it all the time. You see people make very strange decisions, and it's like why you do that. They don't even know why they're doing that, but they're doing that because they want to be equal with their friends. They don't want to be the one friend that always gets the attention that's outshining everybody. 
So I, 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 we talk about business a lot, but it's, it's, it's extremely important to manage your relationships, I think. Manage your relationships and build together. Yeah. You know, I think we said that yesterday. We actually, when we were recording the podcast, it was like, yo, as soon as you change your conversations, right, you're going to see that you will gain wealth from, of knowledge first, right? Just yeah. change your conversations, man. <coughs> and sometimes you got to get rid of some friends temporarily. No, I have to, oh, permanently. Oh, oh yeah, permanently, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. Well, too. <laughs> but can I put y'all on blast, Jose? Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's no, but you know, what I like about these, I, so first of all, it was an honor for me to be on this podcast, period, right? Because I was, you can ask Dave, we travel a lot together. When I travel in a car, I don't listen to music, right? Unless just like something new just came out as a banger. But when I, I listen to you guys all the time on the way to the airport, in the airport. And what was cool when I got that, that inbox, that phone call, whatever it was, I was like, Dave, look at this. This is crazy. So he was like, yo, when you want to come to New York? I was like, tomorrow, I don't care, tomorrow. <laughs> Just line it up. So when I got to New York and we pulled up and it was at the house, I was like, I like these guys even more. Because it's, a, it's an example of taking imperfect action. Right. I'm, I'm in the dining room right. of a house <laughs> on the top 10 podcasts come in on. the world. You get what I'm saying? that is 65 plus, that's a two-story house that they own it for 15 plus years. Well, in our business, those people are downsizing. Call them baby boomers. So they don't need two stories. It's an empty nester now, so they want to downsize the house. So we can pull lists like that and contact people like that so that we can see if they're interested in selling. So list source, you can create all types of lists, um, but that's how, that's where you can find it. Yo, quick question, bro. Yes, sir. How do you, from a content perspective, like, how do you decide what you're going to put on IG or what you're going to put on YouTube? He said, he said, how do you decide what you're going to put on Instagram and what you're going to put on YouTube as far as content? Yeah, so that's, that's important. So we have... We spend a lot of time, you know you guys know, it's a lot to put this stuff together. Yep. Um, so what we do is we have a content model where we take a long format content, right? So we've been traveling for the last 
whatever, right? So we got here, Dave has always got the camera, I'm always mic'd up, so we take the long format of video, which you, so he record for three days and you're gonna see a 20 minute video. So we'll take that 20 minute video and then we'll turn that into 30 pieces of content. Right. Right, so we'll take a 30 minute video and then I'll take 15 second clips and put them on IG story. I'll take one minute clips and put them on the regular IG. I'll also throw them on Snapchat. I'll put them on all these other places, but it always lead back to that main vertical of YouTube content, right? YouTube cuts the check. Yes. Right? The reason why I keep putting out free information is because YouTube is gonna pay for the staff. I got four staff members that only deal with like putting out content and brand. So if I don't have the YouTube money coming in, then I gotta slow down on the content I put out. So everything we do, we have a big macro and we break it down into micro pieces. That's where you go. That's why I gave $150,000 to speak. We got a few questions. Malik, that, I see you got a question, man. What's up? Yeah, yeah, that man and congratulations bro. That, that business sparked that conversation so they got that therapy yeah. Yeah. Ashley, what up um and we and here's the crazy thing i use the same strategies that made me a lot of money here over there so this is this is a gem so i found out all the people that own land in Jamaica that are, are, we call America foreign, right? So when you move to, when you move from Jamaica and go to America, most of them never come back. And they owe taxes, right? So what we did is we, we cross-referenced all of that and we started reaching out to the people. Matter of fact, the lady I bought the land from, or lady, another piece of land I'm getting, she lives in Maryland. She ain't, she ain't paid her taxes in six years. So she was originally like, oh, we bought it for our family. And then, I was like, well, I'll give you some money for it now. And she already owes six years of back taxes, but unlike America, Jamaica doesn't really go after you aggressively for those taxes. So there's a slew of land in the entire Jamaica that people have moved back to America, yeah. and, and they don't. A lot, of, a lot of undeveloped projects, underdeveloped. Like, it, it seems like people had the idea to build like mansions, and it just stopped. Yeah, well, a lot of it's drug money that they get locked up. We try to talk about people. Yeah, I mean, but they come to America, they get locked up, and then you see a concrete barrier and it's not done. But, but in, like in, in Kingston, I'm to be honest, but in Kingston right now, you can buy a quarter acre and put eight apartments on there. So you can put eight apartments on there for like almost $400,000, and you'll make close to a million dollars selling those. No, hold on. So if you own the land free and clear, and you start 20% of the project, so that could just be putting on a retaining wall, Jamaica will give you the rest of the money to build out the product. Similar like a hard money loan, they'll give it to you for 12 months, 
so you can bail out the product, the product, and then when you sell, you just repay them. So, <laughs> what you're saying is wholesale and leak 21 is in Jamaica, right? We may do like a, a smaller retreat of people that really want to go, like get down, like exactly want to take in perfect action. Yeah, I would love that. That'd be dope. As long as it ain't uh, five festivals. Oh no, 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 that wasn't us though. That wasn't already happened. What advice would you give someone who wants to get started in wholesaling but has a full-time career in sales? and doesn't underestimate, you know, what it takes to build a pipeline. Yeah. Being occupied nine to five most of the time, but taking those initial steps to build systems, to carve out time to drive for job as a prospect. What advice would you make? And I made a post, I believe, this morning about, you know, your excuses being bigger than your, than you, your why. So when those switch, no, I'm not picking on you because I think the same thing came from me. Yo, 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 oh, my bad. So, so what happens is you got to make that switch. You saying you're busy from eight to five? What happened to the rest of the 24 hours? Right. So you got to you got to carve that time out and find tools that help you be somewhat present, even if you're not. Right. So one is like ringless voicemails, voicemails, RVMs, stuff like that. But. You working an eight to five should never stop you from getting a bag because if you're gonna work eight hours for somebody else, I right. hope you're willing to go put in 12 for yourself. Come on. Yes. Right? And that's how you, and you do that, and you take that imperfect action, it's gonna switch, man, and, fast. And when, you, when you're working for yourself, it don't feel like work. Never. It's totally different. I'm working right now, it feels yeah. great. Like, <laughs> when, you work, when you're working for somebody else, you're looking at your watch. When you're working for yourself, no Fall asleep with the clothes on. It happens all the time. I have time. It happens all the time. Like it's it's, it's a difference. Ain't no sleep. It's a difference. No sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, thank you guys. Yo. We appreciate you. Yo. We're nothing more than just um, vessels, man. regular people that just did it. Yeah, and it's like in 11th months, if we can come this far, every one of you can can do whatever you want to do. So right. if we can serve as any uh, source of inspiration, motivation, whatever, um, we gladly take that because you know it's something that we didn't have. We've never knew anything about a podcast. We didn't know anything about still learning. media training. We had no media training. We have none of that. So it's like, um, sometimes you just gotta go. And like you said, imperfect action, that's yeah. what it's about. And I'm gonna say something that what we're a part of now is gonna be spoken about in history later, I yeah. promise you. Woo! What we're going through right now and what we're doing for each other yeah. will be something they'll speak about 30 years from now. I mark my word. That's a fact. Chirani yeah. wants to get it. We, yeah. we actually met him uh, through one of our former alumni, Chris Coy, we had an event in DC. Uh, in, J in June, and, and uh, we met Ronnie. He, he just hit us one day in the summer, like, "Yo, guys, I got an idea." In in what was that? It's in August, and I was like, "That's the idea." Yeah, no, yes, no, let's no, do that no, idea. No, 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 and, and, and this this is all about once again. This is all about relationships, right? So it's like we met him, and he told us he was originally from Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon, what up? What up? So we, 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 we had that connection, but just a really, a really, really, really just good dude. And uh, we met him through another alumni, Chris Coy, who's an NFL agent. He asked us to come to DC to speak to his yeah, NFL yeah. players. So we drove five hours to DC to speak to the players. He was there, we met him. So 
you don't understand how powerful networking is. Right. Like you don't understand how powerful re relationships are just without an expectation. Without an expectation. Yep. Just meet somebody and establish a relationship. Like don't always look to see what they can do for you. Yes. Just establish a relationship or see what you can do for them. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? Because it's like we owe him. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't do it. He didn't do it for that. No, I did. <laughs> So, so yeah, do so you want to talk to the people and tell them about what you got going on? Cause like Derek, I don't really like this, but um, Rashad said most of it to be honest. I mean, the funny thing is I don't listen to podcasts until this, I didn't listen to podcasts until this one. Uh, my good friend Chris Corn, like you mentioned, he was uh, one of the, I think, uh, earlier episodes. Excuse me. He was one of the earlier episodes and um, Chris hit me up, he was like, you know, you're your leisure guys. They, I think you guys have met through a mutual, actually one of my mentors. Um, one of them is here as, as well, um, Sean from Fortis Mortgage. Shout out to Sean. Yeah, uh, and Alan Johnson from Keller, Keller uh, Real Estate. So anyway, Chris had hit me up and said, yo, these guys are incredible. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard Chris on the uh, podcast. Uh, he's, he's an eccentric guy, kind of like Ash Cash. Um, but, um, <laughs> so I took time to listen to that particular episode, went back, heard Derek's episode, and I was like, okay, I'm hooked. So I started with episode number one. Um, and you know, and Matt, don't be so hard on yourself, the episode was good too, man. <laughs> so, but for me, um, a lot of these conversations, I mean, whatever you said earlier about the uh, the group text, put it on a t-shirt, because that's 100% accurate. Uh, my group text, literally, you know, more metaphorically, like it's not just the group text, obviously, but those conversations have progressed into other things beyond just, you know, talking sports and talking um, things that don't necessarily change your, you know, perspective or, or, or your vantage point. Um, so for me, you know, listening to these things and getting it back for free, it, it was unparalleled. You don't get that. And I've done, you know, I grew up in money earning, my run is a little different, um, but I also worked corporate, right? So I get both sides. Um, and this is still something that you can relate to no matter what, you know, what outfit I decide to put on in a particular day. Um, so, you know, I value what they bring. Um, and, you know, a lot of us will probably talk down the line at uh, the networking event. So feel free to, you know, say hello um, and you can engage that way. But I appreciate what you guys do, just like a lot of the other people said. And hopefully it grows into bigger and better things for all of us. For sure. Not just us, but even the alums. I'm happy to work with them sometime, at some point down the line as well. A big so, shout out to I need everybody to do this, right? I need y'all to go follow Capital Events Groups. They helped us put this together as well. So go follow them on Instagram. If you took a picture here now, at the minute Capital Events Group. Um, they are capital with, a, capital with an O, Capital with, Events Group. Capital with an O, yeah, yeah, definitely. Follow them um, and tag them in the pictures, man, so that this can be documented, man. Because like Max said, this is going to be a sword, man. This is crazy. Yeah, for sure. Mama, we so. made it. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.